Lord this morning. I want to say, uh, as we prepare to do so, that our hearts are grateful for the, the, the emergence of new life. And we give God praise for that. And yet our hearts are saddened for the passing of one of our very dear and precious saints of God, Sister Betty Wilson. Sister Betty Wilson taught multiple generations of children Sunday school at First Apostolic Church, Tree of Life Church. And we are grateful for the life that she has lived and the legacy that she has left. And uh, we, are, we love her and we love her family. And Brother Ken Wilson, we love you, sir. Amen. Let's give this wonderful man a great big hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The Kernut family, God bless you. And our prayers are with you. And we thank God for, for each and every one of them. And our prayers are going to be with them this week. Uh, the arrangements are, I believe, Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning here at the church. And uh, viewing Tuesday evening in the service will be Wednesday morning. And we're going to commemorate the wonderful life of this precious saint of God. And we thank the Lord for her. Amen. I'm thankful that in Jesus Christ, we have the blessed hope of the resurrection. The resurrection. The resurrection. I'm reading this morning from the book of 2 Kings. And, and I'm going to be reading from the 7th chapter of 2 Kings. I'm going to read from... Uh, verse number 3, 2 Kings chapter 7, and verse number 3. And the word of the Lord says this. There were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, to come upon, upon us. Wherefore they arose, they fled, the Syrians did, in the twilight. They left their tents, they left their horses, they left their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat, drink, carried thence silver and gold and raiment, went and hid it, came again and entered into another tent, carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither a voice of man, but horses tied, asses tied, and the tents as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry. Therefore are they gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are as all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. And let us send and see. They took therefore two chariot horses. The king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see and they went after them unto Jordan and lo all the way was full of garments and vessels which the Syrians had cast away in their haste and the messengers returned and told the king amen I want to preach to you 
uh, for just a few moments this morning on this subject, expect the blessing. Expect the blessing. Hallelujah. I think we ought to clap our hands unto the Lord. Expect the blessing. Hallelujah. Of the Lord in your life. Hallelujah. Could we just go to the Lord together one more time in prayer? God, I thank you for each and every individual that is in this place and those who will hear this word. I pray, God, that your word will be as a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Let it quicken us, O oh God. And cause us, I pray, to sit in the heavenly places where you desire us to be. I give you praise for your word. I ask your anointing upon the preaching of the word. And help us all to receive it and to live according to it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. like for you if you will to just kind of do a little exercise with me nothing physical but verbal don't be concerned there's not going to be any Pilates going on but if you could if you could just look at the neighbor in front of you or behind you or next to you and just say the Lord bless you the Lord keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Now I want you to look if you will to the heavens. And I want you to personalize it. And say the Lord bless me. And keep me. The Lord make his face shine upon me. And be gracious unto me. The Lord lift up his countenance upon me and give me peace. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord and give him praise. This is the will of God for your life. And it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. This is the will of God for your life. God intends to bless you, he intends to bless me. He desires to bless us. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the word of the Lord will persuade us this morning and convince us that God has a blessing in store for our lives. But that's often not the way we think. We many times expect the worst. I'm thinking of a passage of scripture in the ministry of Jesus Christ some very unique events unfold. It's found in the book of Mark. And, and it has to do with King Herod, who was king during Jesus' time. Uh, king Herod had this, had this very uh, difficult thing develop in his life where he was put in a precarious position. And this thing haunted him forever after he had done it. In a moment of, of inexplicable lack of judgment he made an offer to a a young lady that had pleased him in her dance he said to her ask anything that you will up to half of my kingdom and it shall be yours she went to her wicked mother and said the king is offering anything up to the half of his kingdom what should I ask and the mother said ask for the head of John the Baptist in a charger and she went back to Herod and said, she wants, we want the head of John the Baptist in a charger. Herod was not expecting that reaction. He was thinking silver and gold and he was thinking garments and, and material things. But, but no, she asked for the head of the forerunner to the Messiah himself. And, and this was a problem for Herod because Herod greatly esteemed John the Baptist. He had great respect for, for John the Baptist. And when he was asked, for, when he was told that it was the head of John the Baptist that she desired as a, as a reward, it grieved him. 
But he had made a vow in the, in the presence of so many witnesses. And so he proceeded and in fact did and was responsible for the beheading of John the Baptist. One of the most significant figures in the scriptures. The Bible says in the words of Jesus <clears throat> that, that, that there was no greater prophet than John the Baptist. And now Herod is guilty of beheading this man. And it haunted him. It haunted him to the point that when the ministry of Jesus emerged onto the scene and fame of his ministry began to spread. And it was told that the, that the lepers were cleansed and that the lame were walking and that the blind were seeing and the deaf were hearing. You would think that that would excite somebody, make them look forward to what was coming next, cause them to feel some sort of jubilance about the things of, of God. But that's not what happened for Herod. Herod was guilt-stricken. He had in him this, this nagging reminder of what he had done, the guilt that, that rested upon his life and the blood that dripped from his hands. So when he heard about the ministry of Jesus, he had three words. It is John. John's back. This isn't, this isn't Jesus. This is John. He was haunted by the fact that what he did was irreversible. What he did was, was, was inexcusable. What he did was so terrible and, and treacherous. And, and when he heard about the good news, he couldn't accept the good news that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. All he could think about was what he had done that was wrong. And I feel like there are people today who deal with that very feeling. That feeling that, that comes over them, reminding them of the things they had done wrong. The things that, that caused them to be able to know, I am guilty. There are stains of guilt upon my life. To the point that when some good news and, and the gospel is defined as good news. When we talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, we literally are saying the good news of Jesus Christ. And when I preach to you about Jesus, I'm talking about one who redeems your soul from destruction. When I preach to you about Jesus, I'm talking about one that washes you clean from every sin stain. Oh, I'm glad to exalt Jesus today. Now, I will not exalt another, but I'll gladly exalt Jesus Christ. For he is the one true and living God. And he is the chief shepherd of our souls. And he is the altogether lovely. And he is the all in all. And he will have mercy on you. And he will show loving kindness to you. And he will pour his grace and his favor upon you. Oh, I'm glad to tell you that the lame will walk and the blind will see and the deaf will hear. I'm glad to tell you that the addicted will be freed from every chain of bondage. I'm glad to tell you that he can put your relationship back together. I'm glad to tell you that he can purify your mind from your guilty conscience. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But even as I preach it, I know that there is a mountain of condemnation sometimes that we have to climb over. People who hear it and say that might be good for some, but it's not good for me. Oh, yes, it is good for you. It is good to whosoever will. Let him, her, let them come and drink of the waters of life freely. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. But so many people are like Herod where where you can't even accept good news because all that reverberates in your mind is, is bad news. The bad news of what you have done. And, and, and it is true that there is bad news. The, the bad news is sin brings death. The bad news is that, that yes, we are guilty of sin. The bad news is I cannot save myself. 
And you cannot save yourself. The bad news is that there is a place called hell. The bad news is that there is a thing called evil. The bad news is we will all stand guilty at the judgment seat of Christ. We will all stand guilty at the great white throne of judgment. Oh, but the good news Hallelujah, the good news. The good news is that Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. The good news is sin had left a crimson stain, but Jesus washed it white as snow. The good news is he can pick you up. The good news is he can turn you around. The good news is he can place your feet on a higher ground. Hallelujah, the good news. The good news is that there's a heaven to gain. The good news is he's gone to prepare a place for you. That where you, where he is, you may be also. This is the good news. Oh, hallelujah. This is the good news. We sometimes are stymied by the fact that we have sin in our past. That we have shame for what we have done. Things that we know we should not have done. Things we realize we had a choice in. Things that we remember the crossroads we came to. And decided, well, should I go this direction or should I not? And then we chose to go the wrong direction. And there is an accuser of the brethren who stands ready at every turn of the road in life. To remind you of every misdeed every mistake every sin every transgression about all your iniquity about everything you've done wrong he will heap shame upon you he will put guilt upon you every time you hear somebody talk about the blessing of the lord whether you whether you actually compute the words in your mind and articulate themselves them to yourself you think in some way, your spirit perceives, that's not for me. There are some things I don't qualify for because I have sown such a bad, a bad field that I'm going to reap such an evil harvest. There's nothing good that can come my way. This is what the enemy has tried to tell people, even the people of God. But in Jesus' name, we come against those lies. In Jesus' name, we come against those efforts of the enemy to bring you down. We want to exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There is a blessing waiting for you. You need to understand that when you repented of your sins, you turned away from the thing that brought curse into your life. And you, you began moving in the direction of the thing that will bring the blessing of God in your life. You must understand that when you were baptized in Jesus' name, and if you're not baptized in Jesus' name, let us baptize you today in the saving name of Jesus Christ. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Let us baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ so you can lay aside that old cursed identity and you can take on a new identity that is blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the blessing of the Lord. Let me tell something to somebody who's full of the Holy Ghost this morning. You've got the spirit of the living God living inside of you. You are bound to be blessed. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it again. Because I know the devil has told you repeated lies. So I'm going to tell you repeated truths. If you've got the spirit of the living God inside of you, you are bound to be blessed. Hallelujah. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you shall reap of the flesh destruction and corruption. Yes. But we've repented from that. We've been buried in his name. Hallelujah. We've received his spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. When you sow to the spirit, then you shall reap of the spirit life. Everlasting life, everlasting life, everlasting. 
Jesus said the thief comes for only the reasons of stealing and killing and destroying. But he said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You are bound, hallelujah, to be blessed. We read in this passage of scripture that we have read, we, we read about these lepers who are sitting on the outskirts of the Syrian uh, camp. And, and, and there's great war between Syria and Israel. And Syria is persecuting the Israelites, the people of God. And, and these lepers are, are, are sitting out on the outskirts of this camp. And there's, there's famine. And, and, and they said, well, we're going to sit here until we die. He said, we might as well go into the camp of the Syrians. And one of them said, but they'll kill us. And he said, well, we're going to die anyway. We might as well die trying to sneak some food out from someplace. And they said, all right, let's do it. They go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they go into the camp of the Syrians, to their total surprise, the Syrians are nowhere to be found. Nowhere. There's, there's not all of their enemies. All of their enemies are gone. All of the killers who have stalked them, they're gone. All of the murderers, all of those that they feared and dreaded, they're gone. They're not in their tents. They're not in their, they're not in their workplaces. They're not in their homes. They are gone. And they've left everything they own behind. They thought, what in the world is going on? What have we found? What they did not know is that God, the God who blesses, Hallelujah, the living God of heaven and earth, the Lord of glory, your heavenly Father God had confounded the Syrians. He had caused them to start hearing things, things that weren't even there. Well, I should say they weren't there in the natural sense, but who knows what was there in the spiritual sense. Because later on we find out that these Syrian chariots that are, that are surrounding the, 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 the home of the prophet Elisha are actually surrounded by a far greater number of chariots that come from the presence of the Lord. So much so that Elisha told Gehazi, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. So maybe they were hearing something they could not see. I'm going to tell you, God will cause your enemies to hear things they cannot see. Because God is interested in blessing his people. And so God caused the, the enemies of Israel to hear the noise of chariots. And they couldn't see the chariots, but they heard the chariots. And they heard the pounding of the horses' hoofs. And they looked at one another and said, it's the Egyptians and it's the Hittites. And it's all kinds of, of, of other armies that the Israelites have gathered together. The Israelites didn't need the Hittites or the Egyptians. They had on their side the Lord of hosts. There was no natural army for the Syrians to run from, but they were terrified. They became terribly afraid and they vacated the premises. They left their camp, they left their tents, they left their silver, their gold, their food, their horses, everything they left it behind. And they said, we're gonna run for our life. We're never coming back. And they, they, they didn't pick up and leave, they just left. And these lepers walk into this camp and there's all kinds of gold. And there's all kinds of silver. And there's all kinds of food. Hallelujah. Have you ever had that dream, daydream of walking into a candy shop? Or wherever, whatever, whatever it is for you. Skyline, graders. Whatever it is for you. And just, just, just free of charge. And, and, and nobody can stop you. You, you. Your wife can't even nudge you and say, slow down. You just, it's just... Just God, look at God. Look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. That's where the lepers were. The lepers were, they were just, there were four of them. And they're just running through the camp like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. This is awesome. And they're like, they're like drinking slushies and slurpees. And they're, they got a leg of lamb and they're chowing down. And, and finally they look at each other and they're like, we do not well. This is not right. We can't be just keeping this all to ourselves. Are we serious? We're going to keep this whole camp to ourselves. We need to go share the good news. 
We need to go tell somebody that the enemy is gone. We need to go tell somebody that the Lord has made a way. And so they go running back to the king of Israel and they said, we got good news. We walked into the enemy's camp. There was nothing but silver and gold and and there was nothing but food and drink and it was all for our pleasure. And we believe God has driven out the enemies of Israel. And you ought to go, we ought to just all go right now. And this great wise king who's been down the road a few times, been around the block, kind of seen this, been there, done that. He looks at his counselors. He said, all right, now let me tell you what's going on here. See, you don't want to fall for any old trap. I'll tell you exactly what's happening. The Syrians are hiding out. And they're waiting for us to enter into that camp. And the moment we get in there, they're going to encircle the camp. I know these guys. Seen it a thousand times. It is, this is it. It is too good to be true. And that's the way we think. A blessing comes our way. God makes it ready for us. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And we refuse to eat because we think our enemies poisoned the food that's on the table. He prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. Oh, no, 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 no. There's some kind of a bugging device in the fork. I can see it. I hear it. I hear it. And then you start, you start feeling like, like there's some kind of a trap. Where's the cat? Where are the strings that are attached? What what is it that I'm missing? This can't be for me. Do you not know who I am? Do you not know what I've done? Do you not know how unworthy I am? Do you not know how undeserving I am? And God, who knows everything about you, who knows things about you, you don't know about yourself. He knows not just the thoughts. He knows the intent of your heart. He knows everything there is to know about you. And he still insists on blessing you. He still insists on covering you. And overshadowing you with multiplied, multiplied, multiplied blessings. I rebuke the spirit of pessimism. I rebuke the spirit of negativity. I rebuke the spirit of defeatism. God wants to bless you. Hallelujah. You say, but pastor, I really do have sin in my life. Repent. No, 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 you don't understand. Yeah, yeah, listen, there's not one of us in this place that doesn't have sin in our lives. Repent. Let me break it down for you. Let me tell you what all I've done. You can tell me whatever you want to tell me. Answer's still the same. Repent. Yeah, 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 but you don't understand how bad it got. Repent. But you don't know who all I hurt. Repent. But you don't know how I doubted God. Repent. But I cursed God. Repent. Turn away. Walk away. He wants to bless you. But I'm wicked. Repent. But I'm evil. Repent. But I've sinned. Repent. We don't have stones in this building. Because none of us are qualified to cast any. None of us. I I can't. And if you go try to pick one up, you'll get a hernia. Because you're not qualified to cast stones at anybody. The only reason we're here today is because God is a good God. Yes, He is. He's a good God. He looked beyond my faults and he saw my needs. He looked beyond what I've done and where I've been and what I've said and what I've thought and how I've sinned. And he picked me up out of the miry clay and he placed my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today, a song of his praise. A song of his praise. A song of his praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. We look so many times at the blessing of the Lord. And we say there's no way that God could actually be 
blessing me. Not like that. And we use this term. You've used it. I've used it. It sounds too good to be true. I believe the Holy Ghost is going to unravel that worldly philosophy. To the point we're going to be saying, it sounds so good, it has to be true. I'm, I, we need to get to the point where we're not shocked that we are blessed. We need to be shocked when we're not blessed. Peter had to deal with this in the early church. He had to deal with people who thought it was strange when they entered the fiery trial. He said, think it not strange when you enter the fiery trial. You can go through that fiery trial and, and you're going to come up out on the other side blessed and victorious and God will have made a way when there seems to be no way. But he was dealing with people who understood that you pray until something changes. He was dealing Dealing with people that understood. You pray until the house begins to shake. You pray until the dead come to life. You pray until the lame begin to walk. You pray until the provision comes from the windows of heaven that the Lord has opened over your life. Hallelujah. We get to the point where we're expecting bad news. And God says, I don't want you expecting bad news. If bad news comes, you need to say, huh. Very interesting. Little turn in the road. But I know where this road is going. All right, I see, I see what we're doing here. I'll go with this. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on worshiping because I know where this is going. I said I know. Uh, I feel like preaching right now. I'm going up yonder. I said I'm going up yonder. It's going to work out for the good. I don't know why this happened. But I go down this road because I know where this is going. Hallelujah. Some of you are on a roller coaster right now. How many feel like you're on a roller coaster? Some of you are on the vortex. You're on your fifth loop. You're feeling loopy. You're like, what in the world? Some of you are on the diamond back. You're like way up high. You're in the front cart. You're about to go down this steep hill. Some of you are in the, 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 the drop zone. Lord, have mercy. You know, if we, if we did that to, if we did that to terror suspects, it would be torture. And we pay for it. We go give money and then get on this ride and go corkscrews and upside down and hills and valleys. And, but you know why we do it? Because we know where it ends up. It started off fun. It got really scary. But we know it's coming back. If it wasn't coming back, we wouldn't be getting on. But it's coming back. And that's how it is in the blessing of the Lord. We know where we're going. We're going back to the beginning. We're going back to the garden. We're going back to peace forevermore. I know where this ride goes. So count me in. I don't care how high the hill or how low it drops. It doesn't matter how many times I got to turn upside down. I know where this thing is going. Psalm 23 begins like this. The Lord is my shepherd. It ends like this. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Forever. Now in between there were paths and pastures, valleys, shadows, death. In between there were tables in the presence of enemies. Yeah, but, 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 but where it began and where it ends. Count me in. I'm in for the ride. 
I expect to be blessed. I expect to be blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jacob. Jacob was, he didn't expect to be blessed. He connived his way into his first blessing. Got the birthright from his brother when his brother was starving to death. He's limping up out of the forest. No food to show for his time in the wilderness. He's limping, gasping, panting. And Jacob said, you want a bowl of soup? He said, man, you're a great brother. That would be wonderful. Jacob said, all right, give me everything you got. You can have the bowl of soup. And Esau said, I'm nigh unto death. And you're, gonna just, you're just gonna you're just gonna take advantage of me in this vulnerable position. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Give me your birthright and you can have the bowl of soup. Great brother he was. And Esau gave it up. Foolish mistake, but he gave it up. Jacob gives him the soup, walks away with the birthright. When it's come time to get blessed by the father, Jacob covers his body with the hair of an animal to pretending to have the hair of Esau on his arms he puts on Esau's garment he goes and gets a kid from the flock and acts like he went out and killed it like Esau was trying to do he prepares the meal for Isaac his father who was growing uh, a dim in his vision and he, he comes in pretending to be Esau when asked you sound like Jacob are you really Esau absolutely I'm Esau just got a you know allergies and all it's just yeah this is Esau no no worries. And he, re he retrieves the blessing from his ailing father. I mean, this guy has got baggage. He walks out having deceived his father. And the last words of Esau about Jacob were these. That Jacob could remember. I'm going to kill him. And he meant it. I'm going to kill him. Jacob fled. Jacob left. He spent the next 20 years of his life in an abusive employer-employee relationship. His father-in-law Laban mistreated him time and again, cheated him, deceived him, and Jacob just took it because Jacob felt like he deserved it. You served me seven years for Rachel. Okay, seven years comes. All right, here's Leah. Wait, what? Seven more years for Rachel. Okay, fine. I guess I deserve it. I guess I had it coming because of all that I've done wrong. I guess I had it coming. Six more years he worked with Laban. Finally, after the 20th year, he was like, I can't do this anymore. This man is a, has abused my trust. This man has taken advantage of me. He has changed my wages. He has robbed me of what I've earned over and over and over. He has, he has mistreated me as, as a servant. And so Jacob just picked up and he left. And there was this, this was this confrontation between Laban and Jacob where they finally said, Mizpah, the Lord, watch between me and thee when we are absent from one another. And, and Jacob goes off on his own. And, and, and while he... He goes off on his own. He gets like the worst news you could ever possibly receive. Somebody said, we saw Esau. He wants to talk to you. That's not good. Because the last time I talked to Esau, he's, he said he's going to kill me. and That's not good. They said, well, we don't mean to, we don't mean to you know, make you concerned or anything, but he's got 400 armed men with him. 400 armed men and a guy that wants to kill me? This is just awesome. Wow. He knew what that meant. Because he deserved it. He knew what he had done. He was a cheater. He had hurt so many people. His, his life had so many people strewn along the path because of decisions he'd made and people he'd hurt and selfishness he had, he had acted upon. And, and so he deserved it. I know what this means. Esau's going to kill me. And so he, he got everybody to bed and got them settled into their camp. And he goes the night before he's going to meet Esau. And he walks out into the night sky. And while he's walking out into the night sky, something from somewhere jumps on top of him. It was a man. And this, this angel, the, the angel of the Lord. Jacob said, I wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And I have lived. I have survived. The angel of the Lord wrestled Jacob in the Jabbok River and threw him down into that river can I tell you ladies and gentlemen when you get thrown down into the water I said when you get thrown down into the water you need to come up with a different name on you you don't need to go down with one name and come up with the same name you need to go down with your name and come up with the name that's above every name 
Jacob went down with the name of cheater, liar, heel holder, supplanter, manipulator, conniver. But by the time the night was over, he had wrestled until the breaking of the day. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord said, let me go. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Somewhere in that struggle, Jacob began to hearken back, not to maybe blessings he deserved, but blessings upon Abraham, blessings upon Isaac, and blessings that were bound to come his way if he was simply, hold on! And he stopped expecting the curse, and he started expecting the blessing. I will not let you go. Until you bless me. But Jacob, your leg is fractured and, and severed. And, and, you're, and you're, 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 your body is broken and you're being thrashed in the river. I'm still going to be blessed. But you've been wrestling all night and nothing's come of it. I'm still going to be blessed. But Esau's going to kill you tomorrow, remember? I'm still going to be blessed. But don't you remember when you cheated Esau? I'm still going to be blessed. But don't you remember when you lied to your dad? I'm still going to be blessed. I expect the blessing of the Lord hallelujah some of you just want to get out of this wrestling match you're in so you can get on with your life as it was no God has a blessing for you God has a blessing for you wrestle until the breaking of the day. And let God change your name to what it was always supposed to be. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. Covered by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Delivered by the mercy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I received a letter the other day a couple weeks ago. And I was notified. You've got a letter in the mail. And it's, it's come from the city of Montgomery. And you all know I've been, I've let you know we're in the middle of this permitting process. And my first thought was, oh no. There it goes. Who knows what this is going to be about. Well, I better go tell everybody that I got a letter in the mail. And we all know what that means. Well, Lord, when I'm opening up the letter, expecting the worst. You know what, the, you know what they want to tell me? This is what they want to tell me. They wanted to say in a handwritten note, thank you for the volunteers who came out to Montgomery Beautification Day. We couldn't have done it without you. They said the Tree of Life volunteers made such a difference in the Montgomery Beautification Day. And the Lord just kind of came down very gently. And you know how he does. He just very, in that still, small, gentle way, just kind of smacked me. And said, stop expecting the worst. Stop expecting the worst. Stop expecting the worst. Stop expecting the ground to open up. Stop expecting lightning to come out of the sky. You need to start expecting the blessing of the Lord in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just a couple days ago. Sister Connie Hansen texted me and she said, I just wanted to tell you something today, Pastor. I just wanted to tell you, be encouraged and expect the miraculous. She didn't even know, she didn't even know the Lord had already told me, expect the blessing. Then I, get, then I see Brother Rockman post a message that said, stop worrying about what can go wrong and get excited about what can go right. Started thinking, I think there's a conspiracy. I think there's a conspiracy. I think God is on our side. God is ready to bless. God is ready to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. I'm gonna tell you, there is a conspiracy. There is. That word conspiracy means spirit. Conspiracy, S-P-I-R. It means spirit. 
conspire means spirit with or with spirit. So when our spirit joins with the, the Holy Spirit, there's a conspiracy. God begins to move on our behalf. God begins to go before us. God begins to move mountains and make a way where there seems to be no way. I want everybody in this place, everybody in this place, everybody in this place, I want everyone here to open up your mouth and say, Lord, I expect a blessing. I expect a blessing. You might lose your job. Expect a blessing still. But you just had pain and symptoms in your body you can't explain. I still expect a blessing. But folks are turning on you. I still expect a blessing. I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I know God is going to make a way. God is going to make a way. Jacob was afraid Esau was going to kill him. When he got to Esau, he was ready to die. But when he came to Esau, he didn't die. And Esau didn't even try to kill him. Esau said, I want to make peace with you. I will not expect the worst. I expect a blessing. I will not expect the worst. I expect healing. I expect deliverance. I expect financial provision. I expect peace in my home. I expect anointing in my ministry. I expect love in the church. I expect the blessing. I expect the blessing. If you expect the blessing, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Come on, if you expect a blessing, give him a high praise. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light now. I'm living in the light now. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Clap your hands unto God. Lift your voice unto God. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. I'm not talking about your circumstances. I'm talking about your God. I'm not talking about what you got going on in your world. I'm talking about your Savior. Come on, let's say it again. The Lord bless me. The Lord keep me. The Lord make his face shine upon me. The Lord be gracious unto me. The Lord lift up his countenance upon me. The Lord give me peace. The Lord bless me. The Lord keep me. The Lord make his face shine upon me. The Lord be gracious unto me. The Lord lift up his countenance upon me. The Lord give me peace. The Lord bless me. The Lord keep me. The Lord make his face shine upon me. The Lord be gracious unto me. The Lord lift up his countenance upon me. The Lord give me peace. Those who have been living under the cloud of what you think you deserve because of who you've been or what you've done, and you know you've worked hard to change it, and you know that you've, you've tried to change it, but, but you're still numb because the accuser of the brethren gets in your ear and never lets you forget. In the face of that accuser, I want you to walk to the front of this place and say, Lord, I expect the blessing. It's amazing grace. It's amazing grace. It sounds too good to be true, but it's not. It sounds, it's so good it has to be true. It's so good it can't be anything but true. God, God is good. God is good.
Come on, there's healing about to break out in this house. There is healing that is about to break out all over this house. Healing. Deep healing. Healing of relationships. Healing of nerve endings. Healing of bodies. Healing of finances. Healing of the soul. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. In the name of Jesus, come expecting the blessing of the Lord. I'll be surprised if it doesn't happen this morning. I'll be surprised. I know it's going to happen. I'll just be surprised if it doesn't happen right now. Because it's going to happen. He's a blessing God. It is His good pleasure. <laughs> it is His good pleasure. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy. The chains break out the weight of your Come on, right where you stand, lift your praise under the Lord. Right where you stand, lift your praise under the Lord. But you call me a citizen of heaven. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy. The chains break out the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was in northern. But you call me. It's happening right now. Sit 